Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The Athletic. The race is on, and the Red Bull Porsche deal is off. But why has what sounded like the ideal partnership on paper turned to dust? I'm Ed Straw, and joining us to help unravel the mystery is Scott Mitchell Malm. Well, Scott, you're joining me from afar. I'm here in in Como. You may hear some thunder in the background. We're up in the mountains above Monza, where things are getting a little bit lively weather-wise. But the big storm at the circuit today was Porsche. We had some idea this was unravelling, but it's amazing how not so long ago, was it Hungarian Grand Prix weekend just before the document emerged showing what Porsche was intending to do? It seemed like it was all happening. And now Porsche Red Bull is not going to go ahead. How did it come to this? Yeah, it's um, it's something that obviously we we were saying for such a long time seemed like a foregone conclusion, and that was the feeling within the Formula One paddock, um, people within Formula One, people within other teams, and even I think within Red Bull, I think the expectation was that this deal was going to come off until it emerged that Porsche was basically absolutely adamant on having a stake in the team uh, or having a stake in the business, which went against what Red Bull were willing to give up. And I think this is really what swung it. Um, But it's really difficult to track the exact timeline. The only thing I think we can say for sure is that around sort of probably June, July, I think, the Red Bull... Uh, the Red Bull consensus on a Porsche deal turned because I think up to that point, again, it's very, very difficult to know for sure, but it feels like the initial the initial offer of a of a stake in Red Bull technology, which is effectively it's effectively the F1, it's effectively the F1 operation for Red Bull. The fifty percent stake for in, in that came from the Dietrich Mateschitz side, so the actual owner of Red Bull. But it seems as though the longer it went on, the more the uh, Red Bull racing side of the operation, so that's Christian Horner, Helmut Marko, and uh, Adrian Newey as well, I think we can count him amongst that top brass, re- really had reservations about giving up any kind of um, any kind of equity to Porsche, any kind of influence and control. So... I think basically what happened is that as it progressed and these concerns became more considered and more serious, I think the willingness to divulge any equity 
slipped away. It, it was a, it was something that Porsche wanted. It was something that someone high up on the Red Bull side entertained. That's Mataschitz, but we just don't really know for how long. But anyway, by the time it became public that Porsche were chasing this 50% stake, I think that had really, really called on the Red Bull racing side and they were actively trying to make sure that that did not happen. And then I think it's just taken a few weeks for that to all play out in the way that we've seen it, which is a complete breakdown in negotiations in their entirety so that we've slipped from Red Bull basically saying, no, you can't have 50%, but we're still happy for you to badge the powertrains if you want. And Porsche basically then turned around and saying, no, that's not good enough. We've now got our heart set on this. And that's when it all leads to total collapse. So it's been a, it's been a complicated process. It probably was never as nailed on as we were led to believe it was, in all honesty. So we might have actually played that one a little bit wrong. But I'd, I, I do think it's been, I think it's definitely surprised and disappointed a few people high up in Formula One. So you're Stefano Domenicali's and Mohamed Ben Sulaim on the FIA side, for example. I think they were really expecting that this deal would be done in some way, shape or form as we were. And I think they'll be very surprised and disappointed that it's not happening at all in any way. Yeah, and it's abundantly clear that ultimately Red Bull just didn't want to cede control, did they? And this whole thing about the selling 50% of Red Bull technology, it seems Red Bull would have been happy to take investment or buy into the powertrains operation, but not the the core business, if you like. I, I asked Christian Horner earlier today whether there was ever really a point where selling 50% of technology was considered. And he said, well, there was an expression of interest. The shareholders considered it and decided it wasn't right for Red Bull racing technology or powertrains. So it got quite serious. But yeah, it, it's abundantly clear that Red Bull don't see Porsche as the, the obvious way forward, which is really interesting because it's all about the confidence, I guess, they've got in their ability to pr- produce a good engine and to continue to operate as a fully integrated works team in their own right. I mean, yeah, there's other potential partners out there, but for a team to turn down Porsche and a committed Porsche for a motorsport project, for a Formula One project, is unbelievable. Porsche is like the it, it's like the, the the great catch in Formula One, really, isn't it? And they seem so close, and that's why it's so amazing. It, it, it's fallen apart. So I guess the real question is: is it misplaced confidence from Red Bull, or are they quite right to do this? Because it seems like a match made in heaven. Well, it's very brave, isn't it? I mean, it's a it's a pretty Red Bull decision in that it's quite. It's quite aggressive. Uh, it's quite maverick to to basically decide that a manufacturer like Porsche is not going to offer you anything of value, which is effectively what Red Bull has concluded. Otherwise, you don't set terms that are completely um, in your interest. That is what Red Bull have done. They've not left Porsche with any kind of um, compromise or, 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 or anything like that. It's very much a, look, you can come and join in, but you do so very much playing by our rules and I don't know I think it's it's such a big ask of Red Bull to come to come in and and build a really proper F1 engine for 2026 I I know that the facility that they're producing at powertrains sounds super impressive and I don't think they're leaving any stone unturned in terms of trying to make sure it's kitted out with the best equipment and staffed by the best personnel but it's not I just don't I just don't see how you can tool up and establish a proper 
proper F1 engine facility from absolutely nothing in a few years. I mean, I, I, I know that it will be different because it will be run in a different way and be run by different people. But if you look at look at how long it took Renault, an established F1 organisation, to get on top of the turbo hybrid era, the same for Ferrari, look at how badly Honda got it wrong. And I know that it's different rules, and I know that we've got a, a much better understanding of how the rest of the engine works now. So it isn't directly comparable to how these manufacturers struggled in 2014 in the early years of this engine rule set. But I I can't imagine it's so much of a departure from that that Red Bull can just walk in their first ever in-house engine and it be as good as a Mercedes engine, a Renault engine and a Ferrari engine. I mean, I clearly don't have the same confidence in this as the likes of Horner have. And they are far better placed than I am to comment on the competency of the organisation that they're putting together. But I'm just looking at it from a, if this is absolute elite level technology in terms of motor racing and engine technology, how how can this be possible? It is an absolutely enormous, enormous task. But the counter argument to that is we know Porsche weren't going to be super involved with the actual making of the engine. So you could argue from that perspective, it doesn't actually change things a a huge amount. In fact, Christian Horner argues that we're nimble and make fast decisions. Whereas actually, if Porsche are involved, we'll lose that autonomy. It'll make us slower. So almost his argument was that, yeah, it's a difficult task, but actually we feel the Porsche involvement could slow things down. I I don't think that the... I definitely don't think that the Porsche deal collapsing changes anything from the Red Bull powertrain's point of view. I didn't, what I mean is I just think it's an absolutely mammoth challenge, regardless of what form that engine takes, whatever name's on it, whoever's putting a bit of money into it, whatever. What Red Bull are trying to achieve in general is a massive, massive task. So I just think it's 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 very much less the fact that they've said no to Porsche that's a... That that's just that's just a little aside in this absolutely bonkers technological challenge that they're taking on. It's a it's a huge huge risk for for Red Bull because if if they get it wrong, the consequences are massive. Um, so so no, if you've got the confidence that you're if you've got confidence in the powertrains facility that you're creating to to, to do this project, I totally understand why you'd have the confidence that you don't need Porsche because you need massive massive confidence to think you're going to pull it off in the first place and if you've got Porsche coming in that they don't have an engine facility in Germany to use they don't have F1 relevant experience they've got a fantastic command of energy recovery systems hybrid systems that that kind of thing I'm sure that would have been that would have been a value to 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 Red Bull but not so much that Red Bull don't think that they can get that insight from elsewhere so yeah I, I guess the point that Red Bull got to with the project they kind of thought now nah, we've got this. We're definitely not going to be any worse off without Porsche. So as you said, why why do we take all the negatives that come with that? Let's be ourselves. Let's be independent. Let's be powerful. Let's be nimble. Let's have all the might of an engine manufacturer with all the flexibility and benefits of being an independent still and being in control of our own destiny. So it t- makes total sense from Red Bull's point of view as long as you've got that confidence. Yeah, which to its credit, Red Bull has always had in Formula One and they have always delivered. But this is a big old ask. I guess you feel like there'd be a little bit of security having Porsche behind them because, as you said, there's lots of expertise there. But yeah, it's pretty much the same direction of travel. It's not like this has changed anything day to day at Red Bull powertrains. We know that. So they're, they're cracking on with things. I guess the real question now is, 
what happens with Red Bull in terms of the possibility of a partner. That's the the big thing. Christian Horner has said that, well, we'll, we'll, we'll take a partner, but it has to be on our terms. It has to fit in with us strategically, which to me sounds an awful lot like, yes, we'll take a partner as long as they pay us loads and don't expect to get any control over what's going in, in here. And yes, everybody's business is quite keen on that. They love the investment without the strings attached. But what do you think the chances are of there being another OEM, for example, getting involved? Well, there, there are already talks with Honda. I am, uh, I, I am convinced that that has happened. I believe that there have been um, meetings between uh, high-level Red Bull and Honda people, both at Formula One tracks and, I believe, at Milton Keynes as well. I think there's been a Honda contingent that has visited uh, Milton Keynes um, the, this is primarily at the moment just between Red Bull and the Honda racing side. Um, it is certainly not something that the that I, I believe has been pitched to the board in Japan and certainly not something that the, the board is actively considering or, or certainly hasn't signed off on anything. But Honda, I understand that they've... The rumours have never gone away that they want to come back and, and, and Formula One has been absolutely adamant that... that that Honda feels it's made a mistake and really wants to to be part of the 26 rules. Um, the Honda official line is obviously slightly different; that they're not actively considering anything like that. But I know that they they I know that they would be open to it. I've spoken to a member of the Honda board actually, um, and I've spoken to a couple of people that are um, well connected within that organisation, certainly close uh, close to what's going on. And the way I see it. And Horner did hint at this um, on Friday at Monza. The the possibility of a Red Bull Honda alliance for 2026 is is, is a strong one. Uh, it wouldn't be the way it was done before because obviously Red Bull powertrains has been set up, and that, as uh, Christian Horner has said, that trains left the station. Red Bull are committed to building the internal combustion engine, the V6 themselves. Where I think they would welcome support and I hint and I sort of referenced this earlier is I think on the hybrid side I think that's where Red Bull would benefit from assistance now what's really interesting there for Honda is that previously the ICE the V6 on the Honda engine was done at Sakura and a lot of the ERS work was done in Milton Keynes not at Red Bull but a Honda facility in Milton Keynes that has been subsequently basically sold off to Red Bull as part of the continuation project so the irony there is that Whereas Honda would like to be responsible, I suspect, for the V6 because it doesn't have that ERS facility in the UK anymore. Red Bull is now tooled up to handle the V6 and needs someone to do the ERS. So you need Sakura, I think, to be keen on dealing with the hybrid side. I think they would be open to that. I think it would fit with Honda's reason for pulling out of F1 in the first place, which was to pursue more carbon neutral technologies and, and, and advancing a side of the company that I think has fallen behind the competition in Japan. Um, so I think that there is room for a deal to be done there. I think Red Bull has left the door open to it. I know that conversations have already happened, but I think they'll now accelerate now that Porsche's formally out of the picture. So I think there's I think there's potential for Honda and Red Bull to be officially partners again. And that would be brilliant if that happened, purely because it would mean that Honda spent, what, four or five years out of Formula One, despite never actually not supplying Red Bull engines in between them officially supplying Red Bull engines and then being an official partner again. 
nice and convoluted, as it often is with Honda in Formula One. And of course, if there is something like that, say with with a split of the conventional engine, if you like, and the the hybrid side, then there'll be all sorts of debates to be had about who's eligible for the extra money that the new power unit manufacturers allowed in the three years before you come in. You're allowed to have an extra $25 million in total across those three years. It's 5 million, 10 million, 10 million. And the rationale for that primarily is that bottom end of the V6 itself is largely going to be the the non-competition part is the way it's been described, shall we say. So the idea is a lot of that will be continuation technology, not direct from the current ones, but using a lot of that know-how. And so if you're a new power unit manufacturer, you get that extra money. So if, let's say, Honda were to commit with Red Bull powertrains, then there'll be a debate about whether they get that extra money, whether they're a genuine new entity or not, and whether they deserve that extra money because of the lack of carryover technology, because Milton Keynes is having to do more on the V6. So there's going to be a lot of debate to come when it comes to this one. But as far as Red Bull are concerned, they're there sitting pretty, they're happy with their direction of travel, regardless of whether they get a manufacturer partner or not. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hi, producer Johnny here, interrupting the show momentarily to tell you about Roan, a clothes brand we think you'd like. I don't know about you, but finding clothes you like can be tough. Sizes can vary from brand to brand, and fabrics can be poor quality or uncomfortable. We all know a good outfit can impact your confidence and help you feel your best, and that's where Roan comes in. Their range of stylish, functional, business casual menswear helps you look good without having to think about it. It's versatile, high quality and durable, and works in a range of social and professional settings. Roan's commuter collection includes products for every occasion, including the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos and blazers. It also features, and get this, wrinkle release technology and gold fusion anti-odor technology for more wears between washes, so you'll be fresh and clean all day long. Roan were kind enough to send me a shirt and some pants from the commuter collection, and I can tell they're going to be part of my wardrobe for a long time to come. The commuter collection could get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com forward slash race and use promo code race to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com forward slash race and use code race. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Let's talk about Porsche because Porsche's ruled out the Red Bull deal. They, they they were the ones who initially announced it, although we understand that it's Red Bull that stopped it happening. So is Porsche dead in the water in terms of their F1 ambitions? 
it's uh, it's not looking good. Um, I know that F1 are going to be clinging to a bit of hope that Porsche's interest remains and that there could be a way to, to get them on the grid. I'm sure that F1 would love to honour that because the new regulations are all about bringing new manufacturers in. And yeah, we got Rebel Powertrains and we've got Audi committed to an engine project and rumoured to be buying Sauber so that they've got their own team. But Porsche was the most vocally supportive and the most vocally interested in these new regulations. And I think F1 would like to honour that and, and bring them in in some way. But it's a lot easier said than done. Um, the two, two reasons. One, you've got to try and find a way onto the grid for, for starters. You've got to find a, a, a team of some kind. So if you're going to buy in, I think your only real option is Williams. At this stage, I can't see Porsche taking over Aston Martin or McLaren or something like that. I think it would only be, I think it would only be Porsche. There's also, there's a not ridiculous suggestion that a collaboration with Andretti would be a way to bring a new team into Formula One. Um, F1 has been very dismissive of Andretti in its own bid to get a 2024 entry, but if Andretti was coming in as the Porsche works team, then that would change things and it would be a lot more appealing because that 11th entry has been earmarked for a manufacturer team and that's what it would be. So it would make sense from that side. And then also Porsche would be in on the ground floor of a new team and potentially able to massively influence that side of things. So that, that could, that could have merit. So you do have some options. It's not massively out of the question. And obviously we know that Porsche was willing to spend a load of money investing in Red Bull technology. So I don't think the price of buying into a team is going to deter Porsche. The, 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 the real hurdle, as I see it, is going to be what the hell they do on the engine side because they're not going to be able to do a customer deal with Mercedes or Ferrari. Like a Porsche Ferrari or a Porsche Mercedes, that's just, that's just not going to work, is it, from a branding point of view? They're, they're competitors on the automotive side. Um, I... The only independent option is Red Bull Powertrains, but I can't see Porsche doing a deal with the team that's just uh, with the company that's just spurned them from a development point of view, just to be a, just to have a supply deal. Could they take the Audi engine and badge that as a Porsche? That would seem to be the neatest and cheapest solution. It would give the Volkswagen Group a bit more bang for its buck in terms of Audi developing that engine. The problem is that Porsche and Audi basically hate each other. There, there's a deep rivalry there. And I think it would be something that Porsche is not, not going to be massively keen to depend on Audi technology. And I don't think Audi are going to be particularly keen for Porsche to just take the technology that, that they're spending a load of money on. So that could require a bit of mediation from the Volkswagen Group board if they are dead keen on having two bites at the cherry because they could say to Audi, well, if you really want us to support all the money that you're going to spend on your project, one of the conditions is you have to let... Porsche, use your engine. So maybe it'll be something like that. But I think the long story short, it's it's not impossible, but it's going to be quite complicated, I think, for, for Porsche to find a way onto the grid with an effective programme. It's hilarious, really, because right from the start, I remember about this time last year, we did a podcast about how the Volkswagen Group coming in made so much sense because they could do one engine project, they could use whatever brand they want. They could use Audi, Porsche, Volkswagen, as many brands as they want to throw at Formula One using perhaps the same engine. But it's all obviously got complicated. They've all come up with their own ideas. And, and it's it's going to be very interesting to see whether there is any knock-on effect on, on Audi because obviously Audi's committed and it's gearing up, as we talked about in our podcast 
not so long ago when they confirmed they were coming into F1. It's, it's invested a lot in its facility, but they've still not bought their team. So who knows what the knock-on effects are, what the politics are, what's going on behind closed doors at the, the highest levels in, in Volkswagen. And of course, Formula One itself will be desperately trying to help make things work and find a way to create an opportunity to make this happen. Because one of the main priorities of the 26 engine regulations was to get new manufacturers in. And having Audi and Porsche coming in, that's that's great. That's not just one, that's two. And okay, Porsche wasn't doing much of their own engine. Red Bull were doing it anyway. But it still looked great to the outside world that Formula One could attract new manufacturers in at a time when the road car industry is going so much in in a certain direction in terms of electrification, etc. So it was a triumph for road relevance, but th- this has really uh, really shaken things up. So yeah, I'm I must admit, if I like you say, I, I can't see Porsche doing their own engine, and yeah, they could buy their own team if they want to. There are possibilities and options there, but yeah, where's the engine going to come from? Even if they are they really going to commit to it? And as for a startup team of their all of their own, the investment level of that would be so big to do car and engine, and it's too late really to to go for that. So yeah, that, that, there's going to be a lot of head scratching going on there at Porsche. Yeah, the the one thing I would add just to stress the point on why Porsche can't do their own engine is that I think that ship sailed. I think they needed to go down that route six twelve months ago in terms of conducting a feasibility study and actually starting to kit out their headquarters to be able to do it. I mean, we know that Audi, I think, has been working on an, a bespoke F1 facility since, I think, March, and they've been recruiting and they've and, and they've been making sure it's going to be fit for purpose. So Porsche was never, never, never intended to go down that route. It was never in the plan. That's why the Red Bull powertrains deal was so appealing. And they didn't have a plan B because they didn't think they'd need one. And now I think, I think it's, I just think it's too late in much the same way that, it would cost way too much money and I don't think you'd be able to do it in time in terms of setting up a race team purely from scratch. There's no way you'd be able to do it on the engine side as well. And I don't think it would make sense for Volkswagen Group to to sign off on two completely independent in-house engine projects. That would be enormously expensive. You couldn't justify that, could you? That would just be absolute madness because there's meant to be economies of scale and collaborations going on in these companies and to do that would just be really, really odd so yeah i'd love to know exactly how much of this was porsche kind of overreaching and and pushing and how much of it was red bull pulling the rug from under them because it does sound like it was very serious christian order will make out it was yeah it was just it was just discussions but it's obviously very 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 serious and porsche was starting to do things to to make it happen so yeah there's certainly i imagine a little bit of confusion but yeah Making the business case for the investment level needed in Formula One in any other way, it's not impossible, but it's really, really hard to see. So this could mean Porsche isn't coming into Formula One, which is in a way in keeping with Porsche's history in Formula One because it's had a it's had a funny old time in F1. Had one win as a works team in the early sixties. They had all that success with McLaren with an engine that was called a Tag because. Tag Group paid for it. It was a Porsche-made engine, but not a Porsche engine. Then that dreadful attempt with the uh, with the engine that supplied footwork. So yeah, just almost ill-starred Porsche with F1. A shame though that we, we might be looking at that, isn't it? That we might not see just this this great manufacturer, probably one of the best manufacturers to have in Formula One in terms of a exciting automotive brand. Not here. Yeah, it's a shame for it's a shame for Formula One in general because we know that 
We know that people care about manufacturers and a brand like Porsche is going to bring a lot of attention. Um, who knows whether that would have been really, really helpful for the hopes to revive the German Grand Prix as well. There are all sorts of knock-on effects with with this kind of thing. I think it's, I, th- I really do think it'll be a disappointment and a source of anger for Formula One that, that this has fallen through. I think they were... I, th- I think the, the 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 coup of getting two massive massive brands like Audi and Porsche in was was something there was a lot of backslapping going on with. We saw that with the Audi announcement and the, the the Porsche deal would have been would have been just as if not even more um, celebrated. Obviously, slightly different because Audi has never done F one before. With Porsche's just coming back, uh, but. It, yeah, it's just it's just a shame, especially as we knew that Porsche was super serious about it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be looking at buying fifty percent of a company like Red Bull. I mean, I can't imagine what fifty percent of Red Bull technology would go for. So, so Porsche were clearly willing to put down an enormous amount of money to do this and to do this properly. And it was going to be more than just it wanted to be more than just a glorified engine partnership. You know, a glorified engine sponsorship. You know, a sticker on the the airbox or, or or something. Porsche really wanted to do this properly. I think F1 would have been a better place for that. And it's also a shame because obviously the 2026 rule changes and all this back and forth over the last year has been predicated on bringing in new manufacturers. And yes, we've got rebel powertrains, blah, blah, blah. But if all this is, if all this ends with only Audi coming in as a new manufacturer, no disrespect to rebel powertrains, but I mean, you know, a brand, an OEM, I th- I think that's a, I think F1 will feel quite shortchanged over that. I think if Porsche's definitely dead in the water, I think F1 really needs Honda to properly commit with a a different kind of Red Bull partnership just to just to add a bit of gloss on the the 2026 rules and and what they've achieved. And that seems to be something that Red Bull is working on and would like to happen. The question is, does Honda, particularly at the top of the company, really want to commit to that? I'm sure there'll be lots of talk about this in the coming days, weeks and months. Well, thanks very much, Scott Mitchell-Malm, for your insight. Head to therace.com and don't forget the hyphen as there's loads to read there on Red Bull, Porsche and all the other goings on in Formula One over this Italian Grand Prix weekend. Check out our sister podcasts, including Bring Back V10s and our YouTube channel. And also make sure you download the Race app. The best way to find it is to search for the Race Media app. So if you search for the Race Media app you should be able to find it download it then you get all your news and features from the race and notifications and all the kind of things you would expect from an app well we're turning our attention now to the rest of the monza weekend so stay with us for everything you need to know about the italian grand prix the athletic